Hello there and welcome to the Lancet HIV podcast for the November 2019 issue. Today I'm talking to Professor Giuseppe Pantaleo from the Service of Immunology and Allergy, Department of Medicine at Lausanne University Hospital in Switzerland. I'm going to be talking to Giuseppe about a phase one vaccine trial which was published recently online and is included in the November issue of the Lancet HIV. Giuseppe is a researcher and a lead author on the paper. Hi there Giuseppe. Hi. In the almost 40-year history of HIV research, um, HIV vaccines have proven to be quite elusive despite a lot of efforts put into their development and investigation. Uh, I wonder if you could tell me perhaps why that might be. The challenge in developing an effective uh, vaccine uh, is not exclusive to HIV. The vaccine are still missing for other targets such as cytomegalovirus, tuberculosis, malaria, hepatitis C virus, and generally, in history of vaccine development, it may take uh, average uh, at least 50 years to develop an effective vaccine. But now, with regard to HIV, the main reason for not having developed an effective vaccine are predominantly due to the complex biology of this virus. The primary mechanism of protection for the large majority of existing effective vaccine is antibody-mediated protection. However, the protective antibodies must be able to neutralize the virus. And the induction of neutralizing antibodies has been and still remains a major scientific challenge for HIV. Just let me uh, make a few more uh, uh, you know, comments about the problem of uh, developing these neutralizing antibodies. In fact, because of the wide biological diversity of HIV, protective neutralizing antibodies must have broad neutralizing activity, which means they should be able to neutralize all the clade subtypes of HIV. And it has taken 20 years to understand why the first round of vaccines using uh, GP120 uh, proteins were inducing antibody with poor neutralizing activity. Indeed, through the study of patients with chronic HIV infection, we have been able to isolate the good potent anti-envelope antibodies that we need to develop an effective vaccine. And the isolation of these uh, antibody with potent neutralizing activity has allowed us to identify the vulnerable targets of the HIV envelope. Therefore, we know now what is the type of antibody that we need to induce and against what region of the HIV envelope. However, one of the, uh, what we have learned also is that these antibodies during natural HIV infection are only generated in a minority, less than 5% of patients. They appear after two to four years from primary infection, and then have a unique complex structures. Now, true studies uh, recapitulating the ontogeny of the generation of these antibodies, we have understood that it takes uh, time and the generation of many intermediate antibodies in order to ultimately select four antibodies with potent neutralizing activity. There are currently, uh, however, a series of clinical trials using uh, 
new envelope proteins that probably are best suited as compared to the first generation GP120 protein to induce these antibodies that uh, are being tested in a phase one clinical trial with the objective of uh, inducing appropriate stimulation and maturation of these broad neutralizing antibodies. So what is it about these new proteins that is likely to make them more effective? Well, the, the new proteins that uh, we believe uh, are uh, making uh, potentially the vaccine more effective are that uh, they are designed in a way that they mimic better, you know, really the envelope that is uh, expressed on the virus particle. Uh -huh. the, 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 you know, the, the, the first generation GP120 uh, proteins that we have used, they had a structure which is not reflecting what is the natural structure of uh, HIV envelope. So could you tell us a little bit about the vaccine approach that you've used in the present study and why you're hopeful that it might be beneficial or an advance on what's gone before? Yeah. Now, the vaccines that we have used in the present study are uh, three type of vaccine. We have used DNA-based vaccines, uh, pox virus vector-based vaccine, and then we have combined uh, either one with uh, uh, the uh, same GP120 protein that has been used in the RV144 trial, the Thai the trial. Now, just for uh, refresh the memory, the uh, RV144 trial is the only trial in HIV vaccine development showing uh, a modest protection from acquisition of HIV, 31%. Mm -hmm. However, it has been extremely instrumental, this uh, trial, because uh, it has identified some immune correlates of protection. Uh, the, the, the vaccine combination was uh, another type of pox virus vector, was a canary pox, in combination with uh, a GP120 protein, first generation, the same type of protein that we are using, uh, that we have used in the, uh, in the phase one trial that is being published in the November uh, issues of Lancet HIV. Now, so based on uh, uh, then, uh, you know, we do not expect, we were not expecting uh, to induce uh, with these uh, uh, vaccine combination uh, um, broad neutralizing antibody, the type of broad neutralizing antibody that uh, we need to have in order to really achieve, uh, uh, you know, a high rate of protection. However, the primary objective of the study was to test vaccine regimen inducing more durable antibody response. That has been a problem with the Thai trial. In fact, these antibody responses induced in the trial was waning one year after the conclusion, six months after the conclusion of the vaccination. Mm -hmm. And then we were trying also to induce, and then in the Thai trial, what were induced were binding antibodies, but binding antibodies that uh, have been shown to correlate with protection. So we're using different mechanisms. Probably is the reason why binding antibody may only be able to be associated with uh, uh, limited protection as compared to broad neutralizing antibody. But uh, the, the, the objective of our study was uh, to first of all, induce a greater magnitude of this antibody, second, to induce a greater breadth of these antibodies, 
and then to see whether or not we could induce also more durable responses. So the hypothesis that we have tested is that uh, the combination of an heterologous prime boost combination of the vaccine schedule, uh, which included also co-administration of uh, uh, the protein during the, the early phase of uh, the uh, vaccine regimen, would result in more potent, larger breadth, and the early appearance of potentially protective antibody responses. And so then, what did you find? Well, I think that we have found quite interesting results. First of all, we have found indeed that the administering the, the protein during the priming phase of the vaccination is associated with early and rapid generation of potentially protective binding antibody responses against the relevant regions of HIV envelope. What we have also shown is that the magnitude of the response is greater as compared to what has been seen in the RV144 trial, as well as the breadth of the, of this, of the response of this binding antibody is much, much larger against different clades of HIV. The other thing that uh, is quite interesting, which is uh, relevant, uh, has been shown to be an immune correlates also uh, in the RV144 trial, is that uh, these uh, antibodies that we have induced, they are able to mediate a factor function, which have been identified also as potential uh, correlates of protection. Um, also, we have... Uh, also demonstrated that, that uh, we have provided proof of concept that DNA-based vaccine represent a strong priming for induction of antibody response in an heterologous prime boost combination in combination with vectors. But even on their own, this DNA vaccine in combination with uh, GP120 proteins can induce a strong antibody responses. This may be something quite uh, important for uh, the design of future study because may simplify you know vaccine regimens to be tested or DNA may be used even with these novel proteins that are being developed to help to induce uh, potent responses the other point is uh, that is really uh, has been a novelty that has been uh, at least in humans the first demonstration is that co-administration of these protein based vaccine during the priming Inducing, uh, uh, induces uh, rapid generation of protective antibody responses. Finally, I think that uh, what uh, uh, is important to underscore is that uh, the, these results may be instrumental also for the development of, of uh, vaccine against other pathogens, because uh, using uh, prime boost heterologous uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, regimens because this may help to, 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 to really induce, as we have shown in this study, rapid generation of protective antibody responses. One thing I struggle with as an editor, I see a lot of different um, studies and papers going on. There seem to be a lot of different vaccine trials, lots of different stages. And I wonder um, for 
I wonder if you could perhaps help me make sense a bit of that, talk a little bit about the different approaches under investigation, what stage things are at and what looks most promising. There are right now two ongoing uh, uh, HIV vaccine efficacy trial, two close to start, and then there are two prevention studies which instead of using anti, uh, you know, vaccine, uh, classical vaccine, have been using antibodies, broad-and-thrasic antibody for prevention. Uh -huh. Then I will briefly go through uh, to provide you with some uh, information about uh, the current uh, studies. The first one is really, it's, it's called HVTN. All these studies uh, are uh, be, uh, run by the HIV Vaccine Trial Network. Yeah. Uh, that is led by Larry Corey, and there is only one study that uh, I will uh, mention also is uh, a European initiative that has been funded uh, through the European Developing Clinical Trial Program and uh, is led, uh, DPI is uh, Jonathan Weber from Imperial College yeah. in London. So the, uh, the, the first uh, trial, which is called HPTN702, uh, this is a trial which, uh, if you want, is a, a sort of an extension of the of the RV144 trial. Is using uh, exactly the same vector that has been used in the uh, in the Thai trial, this canary pox. Uh, it's, uh, but it's expressing immunogen for clade C viruses because the, vir the, the the trial is being performed in South Africa. And then uh, it's going to recruit, uh, uh, or has already uh, recruited, uh, 5,400 uh, women and men. It's uh, only performed in South Africa. And then uh, we have uh, two prime with uh, the two ALVAC uh, vectors. And then we have uh, four additional immunization combining the vector with uh, a bivalent uh, uh, clade C uh, GP120 uh, proteins. Mm -hmm. Now, the, 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 this trial, uh, we are close uh, probably to have uh, some, uh, uh, you know, insights yeah. in uh, what is the outcome because uh, we should have uh, some uh, uh, insights about uh, the outcome of the trial uh, mid-2020. Right. Then it's, uh, we are getting very close to know. Uh, the good news is that until now the trial has not been stopped by for futility. <laughs> Always a good sign. <laughs> yeah, it's a good sign, which means that uh, you know maybe it's still open. Uh, but uh, obviously uh, the, the expectation is that the trial would uh, uh, you know provide a better protection as compared to the 31 percent that has been seen in the past in the RV144 Thai trial. So the second trial is called HVTN705. is uh, uh, is using a different concept uh, because uh, uh, is uh, using an adenovirus, which is adenovirus 26, but uh, uh, it's using uh, uh, you know a new concept because the adenovirus 26 is uh, expressing um, some uh, uh, mosaic immunogens. So these are immunogens that have been designed in order uh, to uh, be able to induce uh, immune responses that uh, should be able to be effective against different clades of HIV. So it's, it's a sort of more universal approach for uh, vaccine development. Then uh, this trial uh, is uh, the ADN26 
uh, is combined with the GP140 CLED-C Mm-hmm. Uh, protein. Then is a new generation. It's uh, it's the the, the 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 702 was using GP120. This is using GP140, which means that is going to to induce immune response against the more epitopes. Okay, also in the GP41 and not restricted to GP120. The the trial uh, um, uh, is uh, in enrolling only women in uh, 2,600 women, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then in different African countries, Malawi, Mozambique, South Africa, Zambia, Zimbabwe. And uh, uh, we expect uh, to have uh, uh, some results from this trial in 2021. So we have uh, then uh, another trial, which is called 706. This is uh, using exactly the same ad 26 you know, a mosaic uh, vaccine uh, from uh, 705. Uh, this is close to start, uh, this trial. However, is uh, combining uh, some, not only the GP140 C protein, but also a, a novel uh, design GP140 mosaic. So again, uh, the mosaic stands for uh, a design that would induce more uh, broader universal immune response is uh, uh, effective against the different clades of uh, uh, HIV. Mm-hmm. And then is enrolling uh, 3,800 uh, vol- 3, volunteers uh, in South American Europe. Europe is uh, uh, only uh, Spain, Italy, and uh, some Poland, I believe. And then in U.S., and then is uh, enrolling MSM and transgenders. Right. And then results expected uh, to uh, be available in 2022. So we have uh, then the PrepVac, which is uh, the uh, EDCTP uh, European, uh, you know, uh, effort. Then actually in this trial, uh, we are using exactly the same DNA protein that has been used in the uh, phase one trial that uh, uh, published in Lancet HIV. Yeah. And then also the same GP120, which is the one that was used uh, in the uh, RV144. And then is, uh, the, 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 we have three arms, placebo, uh, DNA uh, plus uh, uh, GP120, or DNA prime MVA boost plus GP120. Right. And then uh, it's going to be run uh, in uh, different uh, countries in Sub-Saharan Africa, in Uganda, Tanzania, Mozambique, and uh, South Africa. And then it's going to recruit women and men, and the results expected in 2022. So few words uh, about uh, the other two efforts. It's 703 and 704. Uh, these are... Uh, testing in the prevention for the first time a broad neutralizing antibody, yeah. uh, VRCO1 developed by the uh, Vaccine Research Center at NIH. Uh, one trial uh, is recruiting 2,400 uh, in, North, in North and South America, uh, and then is enrolling MSM and uh, transgender results next year. And then uh, the other trial is 1,900 uh, women recruited uh, in uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. Results also in, two th- in uh, 2020. Yeah. 
So the, uh, these are all, uh, as you see, uh, despite the fact that uh, you know have a different trial, but are testing different concepts. That this is what's important. There is no, uh, you know, there is not really redundancy in this trial. They are all potentially promising regimen. Uh, we will definitely learn a lot from these studies. However, uh, to be f fair, it is unlikely that any of these vaccines will induce protection greater than 90%. Right. But what we are looking at is really to get an improvement as compared to what we have seen in the Thai trial. Well, that's very comprehensive, and it's so encouraging to see sort of a number of trials with large populations yeah. ongoing that say that. Also leads me on to the next question, actually, what you were just saying about vac vaccine effectiveness, because you said mm. that in RV144, um, the... Uh, effectiveness was around 30%. What sort of effectiveness would you ideally be looking for in a vaccine? Obviously, the higher the better, but could even a vaccine that has a sort of lower, mo more modest eff effectiveness still be useful? So I think that also the, uh, the ideal vaccine uh, that we would like uh, to have is a vaccine with an efficacy superior to 90%. But we need also to be realistic, uh, as I just said uh, it, it is hard that any of these vaccines that we are testing uh, is going to have uh, uh, an efficacy greater than 90 yeah. percent uh, because the vaccine country tested are not inducing uh, uh, the, the, the type of broad neutralizing antibodies that we need in order to reach this uh, higher uh, greater this efficacy. So, uh, however, uh, there is consensus in the HIV community that uh, a vaccine partially effective in the range of 50-60%, this is really what we are aiming at, would represent a substantial step forward in the fight against the HIV epidemic, particularly in uh, poor resource countries. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, you know, I think that uh, really if uh, we hit 50-60%, that will be really a great uh, improvement. When and if you can combine that with other prevention approaches, exactly. then potentially the sort of additive effect is exactly. very important there. Just my final question, really, and this is kind of an impossible question, um, <laughs> but people always, uh, always want to know, um, yeah. what sort of time frame do you think, I mean, yeah, what sort of time frame do you think might be realistic to expect um, an HIV vaccine to be proven effective, trialed and approved for use? Well, if we are talking about an HIV vaccine with an efficacy greater than 90 percent, mm -hmm. I think that we need really to wait for the development of these new protein-based vaccine using a second, third generation of HIV envelope proteins that we hope that they are going to induce the type of broad neutralizing antibodies that are needed for greater efficacy. But we are still in an early stage of development of this vaccine and then, uh, to be realistic, uh, we do not think, at least I do not think, that uh, we will have, uh, if uh, there is uh, you know, any of these vaccines that is going to be shown to induce the right type of antibodies, I don't think that we will have a vaccine before 10 years from now. 
thank you so much for joining me today, Giuseppe. I certainly feel um, like I've got a much better sense of what's going on in the vaccine field and what's coming up. So it's certainly a topic that I'll be watching with great interest and will be following in the journal. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much.